People pay money to see me in a 20 by 20 ring. wrestling fans and thank you for joining yet another episode of the 20 by 20 ring crew i'm matt alongside joe what's up and we are here to talk some more wrestling uh, in the background we got evolve 106 on the on the tv for our viewing pleasure i, I don't necessarily like starting out the show in a in a manner like this but Something something came down this week that uh, joke was you brought to the Facebook page attention that we feel needs to be discussed, and it, it involves uh, a wrestler by the name of Taylor Hendricks and the now new Ring of Honor World Champion. I guess congratulations to Jay Lethal. Congratulations for for taking that title uh, back. And he did it without dreads. Did it without dreads. <laughs> That guy you talk to has to be dumbfounded. So again, I know you're. I'm gonna throw it to you in a sec. But for for those who don't know what I'm talking about, uh, Taylor and, and stop me, please, if if I'm wrong by any means. But Taylor Hendricks, a former uh, employee of Ring of Honor, was a member of the faction House of Truth, which was a faction that Jay Lethal was a part of. Actually, during most, if not all, of his long Ring of Honor World title run, his previous run, where he was Ring of Honor World Champion and World Television Champion at the same time. She was a member of that faction and ended up leaving the company last year, early last year, I believe. And according to a social media, I don't know if it was Twitter. or, or it was so, Twitter. It was Twitter, okay. According to her Twitter account, she is no longer employed or is, didn't get the push. Help me understand this. That that, that she had <laughs> wanted because she refused to sleep with Jay Lethal and that Jay Lethal essentially played politics to hold her hold her back. So I, I have yet to read the tweets. Um, I've been a busy man these this past week but there was a series of tweets put out there by her on her social media account stating that that is why her ring of honor push was uneventful or, or, or shut down or, or whatever term she used uh it was due to her not agreeing to sleep with jay lethal and jay lethal going to management and politicking to basically end her her push with the company um she was let go or she left they her and ring of honor parted ways in april of 2017 we are now in early july 2018 and this information is just now coming out so i don't know i'm you know obviously i'm not jay lethal and i don't know where he sleeps at night and i'm not taylor Hendricks, so I'm not sure what kept her, f- like, what, why did she wait so long to kind of bring this out to the public? I don't know if she was 
asked by a fan or or someone was giving her bullshit about it. I don't know. I don't know what the case is. But it has come out nonetheless. She's making allegations. And uh, I'm uh, until until we see some definitive proof one way or another. That's that's what I'm going to call it. Just allegations because well, that's how it should be. Yeah, I mean that's how it should be. So again, I don't know where <laughs> Jay Lethal sleeps at night, and 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 I'm you know I I don't know Taylor Hendricks from from anyone. So, uh, but it was it was interesting to me because in the sport of professional wrestling. It, doesn't matter what company you work for there is a lot of uh we'll call them outdated practices when it comes to not only uh, gender equality but other sexually related issues i'll leave it at that but i don't want to say they're behind the times but they're kind of behind the times uh let's face it in up until i would say what the past two to three years uh, we've we've only seen like this new revolution of women's wrestling. Um, Are we talking women as as a whole? As I a, mean, wrestling as a whole, I should say. Yeah, or? wrestling as a whole. Okay. Yeah, that's that's definitely fair. And then you have the tradition, like traditionally speaking, most companies will have female talent as valets. Yeah. And you know they are out there scantily clad most of the time, and you know let's face it for. You know, good or bad for for whatever purpose it serves or what it's worth, women, for the most part, were out there for you know to be gawked at one yeah, way. They're a sex appeal. Yeah, plain and simple. Because that helps the company sell sell tickets. Sex sells, whether we whether you want to admit it or not. Sex sells. So, you know, we have a lot of that to deal with, and yeah, and this situation between Jay Lethal and Taylor Hendricks is no different. Uh, she came out. She was his valet, as part of the truth. as part of the House of Truth. Right. Uh, I believe Truth Martini was in there. Yeah, that as, was his faction. Uh, yeah, as his as his male male valet, if you will. Yeah. So I'm a little bit puzzled about all this. I know I know you told me Ring of Honor came out with an official statement, just more or less separating themselves from the situation. Right. Saying that they would investigate it. And, and, and that's about it. Yeah, they're, they're claiming, I mean, not that I don't believe them, but their statement pretty much, I don't have it in front of me anymore, but it's, you know, at Ring of Honor, we, we basically don't tolerate things like that, and that's not what we're about. And, uh, and again, it's we're going to investigate it. Like, like I said, just separating themselves from the situation. Uh, it, was, it was the most political answer you can pretty much give at that point and and i don't fault them for that but it was it was basically like saying nothing at all unfortunately we live in uh, a day and age where there is a lot of fake news out there and i'm not saying that that's what this is but i bring up fake news because it's a slippery slope when it comes to professional wrestling and i'm going to use uh sammy callahan as an example here so Months ago, Sammy Callahan breaks the orbital bone of Eddie Edwards. If you haven't watched that already. Or heard us talk about or it. Or heard us talk about it. <laughs> it is out there. You can catch it on YouTube, I'm sure. He did it with a baseball bat. It was an accident. It wasn't meant to happen. But Sammy Callahan played it off, played it off like he meant to do it. 
and he has been running with that since it happened, and it has greatly affected his career in a positive manner mm-hmm. because, uh, one, he is getting booked more often. He's making more money selling more merch. Yeah, definitely. And it is examples like that where you can't help but think just for a second, even if it's for a split second, like, could this be a work? Could this be something that these two are in cahoots on and will it be used as part of a storyline? Again, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. I'm saying that it is, although probably a very uh, minute possibility, it still is a possibility. And I don't know what Taylor Hendricks is up to these days. If she works for other companies, but doesn't some independent stuff. Okay, so, so she's yeah. still she's still out there wrestling. Right. Let's face it; these days, especially when it comes to talents like Sammy Callahan, it's kind of cool to badmouth for the companies you formerly used to work for. So there is also that. Again, I, it isn't that I don't believe her. It isn't that I am saying she's lying. I'm just saying that these are all possibilities, especially when it comes to professional wrestling, because there is a lot of stuff that is deemed real, and it turns out to be orchestrated. So, do I approve? If if that is the case, do I approve of them using the momentum gained from things like the Me Too movement in order to get this over? No, I, I don't. I don't agree with that at all. Obviously, the truth still remains to be seen, and I'm sure in the in the coming months we'll probably hear more about all of this and and what happened and what did didn't happen. You brought up the Me Too movement, and before we started recording, I I, I had said I'd use that because I understand the importance of the the Me Too movement, but any time that you have something that powerful. And, you know, it's essentially we're talking about sexual assault victims, both male and female, finally coming out and and saying, I I was assaulted and it's not okay. And that's a big deal. The problem with that has nothing to do with the Me Too movement at all, but it has everything to do with people abusing a powerful message and a powerful movement like that, and it happens to everybody. Every every single every single thing that that exists, somebody is going to be out there and abusing it. And, and I want to go on the record right now saying I don't have a side in in this. That's why I came out and said I don't like talking about stuff like this because anytime that you express an opinion, somebody always says, "Oh, well, you you must be taking that side." No, I'm not taking any side. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened, and and you're claiming the same thing. Obviously, we don't know Jay Lethal, we don't know Taylor Hendricks, and that's not our that's not what we're talking about here. So please, for anyone listening, we want you to come at us and on, on, on and, and hate hate tweet us, but not about this <laughs> shit because this is the type of stuff that I don't I don't want any part of. As far what I mean by this though, anytime that you have a gap like this, you have to question. Well, why, why, why did it take so long? And we're not even talking about sexual assault here. I mean, we're we're pretty much talking, in a way, 
sexual harassment and in, in, in quid quo pro here, and that's a bad, serious, seriously bad thing there too. But we're talking about a, 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 a guy that may or may not have pulled some strings so that a certain woman couldn't excel in Ring of Honor during a time, if I might not, if if I may add, where women wrestling in Ring of Honor wasn't really being utilized to begin with. So there's so there's way too many questions to to be answered here. I don't know what kind of pull Jay Lethal has with the company. Uh, certainly at the time he was their champion, but it, being a champion doesn't necessarily mean you have yeah. political control. <laughs> it's, I mean, you're the champion. You're the guy that they say, hey, you go do this and you do it. That's 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 basically what it means. So I, it's it's really complex situation here. And again, you got a girl making these claims, but you have nothing to back it up. All you are saying is, well, he, he pulled some strings. Well, who did he talk to? If he did this, well, who did he talk to? Where did you hear that from? Did you hear it from his mouth? I mean, where where where's all this coming from? And it's it's really hard to believe something like that with a lack of evidence and so much time in between. I'm a firm believer of innocent until proven guilty. That's why I might sound like I'm leaning towards Jay Lethal. But again, you have to prove something, and that's that's not the case here. And this whole Me Too thing is again. It's very troubling because we've seen so many, so many people, and I'm sticking just to wrestling here, obviously, that have been troubled by this movement. And you know, we talked about it before the show again. And you and I are not a, a fan of his at all. But you look at a guy like Enzo Amore. He didn't get his job back because on May 16th uh, of this year they they closed the, the, the investigation on Enzo Amore claiming that there was no evidence that he had committed sexual assault uh, he claimed his innocence the entire time they found zero evidence did he get his job back? no no not at all and there's very little legally he can do about that if, if anything at all that's troubling that's troubling that and this is the reason why I, I may sound like I'm leaning towards Jay Lito because you can ask the question, what if he did that? Yes, what if he did that? That's that's very disturbing that anybody would do that, especially somebody that I have a lot of respect for. But what if he didn't? And if this goes to the situation where Ring of Honor is in a, in a bind where we got to make a decision, you know, he might get stripped of his newly won title. And, but... More importantly, he might lose his job. And not only lose his job Ring of Honor, but lose his job as a professional wrestler because there's not many, especially independent wrestling companies, that are going to want to touch this. And all this over an allegation. Which is the deal with Enzo Amore. I mean, that's why, as far as I know, he's not doing in, in any indie shows. And He is going to do an indie appearance on, in August for a really small company, but... Few and far between. Other than know. that, he's he's rapping right now. So, <laughs> but he lost a lucrative contract with WWE. Absolutely, guaranteed money with WWE. Whether you were a fan of his or not, we're not. Yeah, yeah not. you know, <laughs> you know, there was there was a time where I I liked the whole certified G bona fide stud thing. You know, that was funny, but very much WWE, and it was cool for a while, but. 
it wore out his welcome, and he's a terrible wrestler. Yeah, he's a, he's a one trick pony. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and not only that, but I understand you know for those who are especially the WWE marks, oh they were trying to fire him anyways. I get that, but this should not have been a reason to keep him fired at this point. I yeah. mean, I at the time when it happened, I get it. And the one thing that the reason why he doesn't have much of a leg to stand on is his own doing because he withheld information. If you're under investigation and this is an ongoing thing, you're, you're not, especially within your contract, you're not allowed to withhold information like that. And that's that was stupid on his part. So that's that's more than likely the reason that's going to be used. But let's face facts here. Look at look at a guy like Rich Swan. Same thing. Yeah, same, same thing. thing. And they knew about it. And he got he lost his job. And guess what? Rich Swan wasn't proven to be guilty. And he lost his job. So these allegations, all it takes is one finger point and lives are destroyed. When when the whole Me Too movement first started, I had a talk with one of the fans of the show. And we both said the same thing. It was almost simultaneously. We we uttered one name right away. Vincent McMahon. Because let's face it, anybody who knows half the amount of shit that we do about professional wrestling knows that over the years, Vincent McMahon has definitely sexually harassed women. Oh, yeah. And and it, you know it's 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 kind of along the same channels of Bill Cosby, where a lot of people knew about it, and either just kind of laughed it off or dismissed it or what have you because they thought, hey, that's just kind of the way things are. To this day, and this is part of the reason I bring bring this up with Jay Lethal, like to this day, I'm really fucking surprised Vince McMahon is not ousted from the WWE as any kind of employee because I mean they're they're a publicly traded company now. Yeah. And you know he, he can be fired, you know? So I'm I'm it's just it's really interesting. Really interesting to see. It's going to be interesting to see what happens to Jay Lethal and it's going to be it, it, even more interesting to see how much longer uh it'll be before someone points at Vince McMahon and finally calls him on his bullshit. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, the, the one thing, again, about the Jay Lethal is that we're not talking about sexual assault. We're pretty much talking about somebody who essentially got really salty when someone refused to sleep with them. He got turned down. There, There is a difference between the, between the two, uh, believe it or not. Um, I, I, again, not saying that one's better than the other. I... I'll leave the, let you guys be the judge of that yourselves. Again, I really hate talking about stuff like this. But, I, again, I hope Jay Leto is innocent on this just because I'd hope that he's not one of uh, somebody that would do something like that. I don't know if he is or if he isn't. I guess what I'm trying to say is that when somebody is accused of something like this, there's a part of me that hopes that they just did do it, if, if you try to make sense of that, just because... If you're going to go down, at least be guilty of it. Instead of having your reputation destroyed and over nothing. Over nothing. Yeah. And, and again, I know that's that might sound really weird to some people, but 
that's that's what I mean by that. I hope he didn't do it, but if he's gonna go down on the sinking ship, I I guess I guess I hope he was politicking and getting Taylor Hendricks out of there. But again, let's being realistic here. We're talking about Ring of Honor during 2015 to early 2017. They have had women wrestling throughout those times, but it's not at the level that it is today. They've they've kind of been when it comes to female wrestling in here in the United States, they've been behind the curve with that. And we've even talked about that on the show where it's just when are they going to utilize the quote unquote women of honor to the full to its full fullest potential. And it's just it's just now starting to finally get put to the forefront of hey, we have women wrestling too and they're really good. During a time, I mean, I remember when uh, Sarah uh, Amanto was Sarah Del Rey was was with Ring of Honor. She was barely utilized with the company too, unless and she was wrestling men. I was gonna say, and even <laughs> then, most of the time she was wrestling men. Yeah. So, so I mean, it was. There's been so many women that have gone come through, and it's always been on a strictly part time basis. And even then, a lot of times they were they were vet managers or valets, if you will, and. That's kind of the case. So it's really hard to get over when you're not being used. So I, I don't know. It's a really tricky subject, and I'm going to be really interested to see what happens from uh, from here on out. Speaking of interesting happenings, where do I even begin with this whole impact wrestling situation? <laughs> they, have, they, they have gotten themselves into... Uh, like a strange, you know what, I don't even want to say strange, um, unorthodox business model yeah. these days. <laughs> say the least. And it's not necessarily bad. No, I, you know, I don't, I don't think it's bad either, but at the same time, it is, it is kind of uncharted territory, and this could either really work with them or really work against them. And and I and I'm not quite sure what what's happening right now, but it, it, there seems to be a lot of potential in the idea. Uh, if you guys haven't been keeping up, a few months ago, what was it like? F- at this point, what, four or five months ago, uh, yeah. Impact Wrestling had changed management. It is now. First of all, they have a new financial backer. Yes. Which uh, is Canadian based. Yes. And now their new management is also. Canadian, in the form of <laughs> Scott Demore and Don Callis. Right. And uh, both Matt and I are happy to hear those two guys working on or for Impact because, let's face it, Impact needs quality help like that. Yeah. You need people that know wrestling. Yes. Running a wrestling show. Ever since they've been uh, put in place, that company has did a complete 180, and not only has the product gotten better, but they have become... They have they've got entered into this business model that we just I haven't seen in quite some time because it is very reminiscent of the old territory system where you would have different companies, different promotions who would share talent willingly. Uh, obviously, there's a, a price to be paid for for using each other's talent, mm-hmm. whether it be monetarily or otherwise. But th- this is a practice that has kind of gone by the wayside over the years because of the death of the territories. Yeah. 
So it's it's really cool to see that come back, but at the same time, the way Impact is approaching it is <laughs> it's just kind of odd. They had <laughs> help me figure this out. Stop me if I'm wrong. But okay. so there uh, there's a right now there's a a big storyline going on with Sammy Callahan and Pentagon Junior, aka Penta L Zero M. Yes, where. They actually met in a PCW Ultra ring in a steel cage. I believe the show was called Opposites Attack. Yeah. Yep. Okay. They had their match, and Penta gets his mask taken? It gets ripped off. It gets ripped yeah, off. Yeah, o- okay. o- OVE comes in, and it gets ripped off. Okay, so his, his, his mask gets ripped off. Which has happened before. It happened in Lucha, yes. Lucha Underground. But they t- Impact takes that footage, <laughs> runs it on their show. Obviously, they have the consent of PCW Ultra. Yes. Otherwise, we would have never seen it. They're they are advertising PCW Ultra. So they're well. advertising PCW Ultra, but they're, sh- they're showing either... I, I doubt it was the match in its entirety, but it was bits and pieces of the match, highlights Basically of the match. Basically the end. Okay. Yeah. With Impact... Color commentators <laughs> doing commentary over it. Yeah, Josh Matthews and, and Don Callis. And Don Callis, and man, it's just bizarre because like I'm excited. I, I really am excited because it's like cool two products that I'm actually interested in in PCW Ultra and Impact. But at the same time, you're like, shit. What happens now? Yeah. Like, how does this work? Does like is this going to continue? Are we going to hear more about PCW Ultra in the coming months? On Impact Wrestling Television, or or what is the deal? Yeah, um, that that's what's kind of boggling my mind here. But the, the, it, to make it even more complex, it isn't just them doing business with PCW Ultra this way. They're also doing it with other companies. Yeah, like it, more more recently with PCW Ultra, House of Hardcore as well. So again, uh, <laughs> you have. You have Eddie Edwards, the you know, becoming uh, on the receiving end of that broken orbital bone. He comes back and he's he's like so over as a babyface thanks to Sammy Callahan. But the golden rule in, in wrestling booking is the bigger the babyface, the bigger the heel. So he turns heel. Turns heel. Now he has snapped. He's completely had enough. Yeah. And now he is also heel. <laughs> And he pretty much beat the ever-loving shit out of Tommy Dreamer, yes, that ECW Tommy Dreamer, over in House of Hardcore, which is Tommy Dreamer's promotion. Yes. So, again, they, Impact Wrestling uses House of Hardcore footage on their show Yep. with their commentators. And not only that, but afterwards, is this still, this is still billed as... During the House of Hardcore event, they do a, a scene with where Eddie Edwards leaving a building, and Moose comes out or, or approaches him. Not comes out; he's already outside, but approaches him, and you know, pretty much like, "What the hell is, is up with you?" So they're they're adding more to the the, the Impact Wrestling storyline that didn't happen at House of Hardcore. So they're like, it's just one of those things where <laughs> where they they do the House of Hardcore scene. They use their own commentary as if like this is a part of the impact wrestling show again they are throwing the house of hardcore logo and everything and advertising for it but they do all that 
And then they do an actual segment that took place immediately after the show, even though that part didn't actually happen at the House of Hardcore show. It's like, it's really weird how they mesh everything together. It's really weird. For those of you who, who are not familiar, when it came to the territories years ago, you would have you would have territories do business with one another, but it was just strictly talent trading. Yeah. Uh, for example, so Ric Flair goes to Texas Ooh. to work for World Class Championship Wrestling and the Von Erich time, family, so. right? Yes, absolutely. But he wasn't necessarily doing the same storyline in World Class Championship Wrestling that he was for NWA and Jim Crockett, mm-hmm. based out of uh, Georgia. So he was just Ric Flair. He was the heavyweight champion, Ric Flair, and that was it. There was there was no other correlation. There was no other storyline going on. There obviously was no advertisements for Crockett Promotions in world class or vice versa. And that is that is what's really boggling my mind at this point. I'm excited, though. I'm excited because this is uncharted territory. And if this is if this is going to continue and this is going to become the commonplace for wrestling promotions other than WWE and Ring of Honor, yeah, I'm I'm all for it. I'm all for it as long as it 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 keeps doing what it's doing because now you're exposing the average Impact wrestling fan to House of Hardcore and PCW Ultra and whoever else they want to do business with. But it leaves me wondering about places like Ring of Honor. Because let's face it, Ring of Honor is the biggest independent company there is in the United States. Yes. So where does that leave them? Do they ultimately do business with Impact? Uh, I mean, let's face it, it's it's kind of already happened on a, a, a much smaller scale in the way of having Austin Aries on Ring of Honor television and pay-per-views and whatnot. And yeah. he does have... Uh, at least two of Impact's championship titles. Uh, it's down to one. It's down to one they, now. Well, it's because they, they got rid of one. They unified one. So either way, he's, well, still, right. he's still holding one of their he's, titles. He's the top champion. He's the world champion. And he, he shows up on Ring of Honor. So With and, those titles. With those or titles. With that title now. And they do acknowledge them. They do acknowledge yeah, it, yeah. So it, it really is interesting. Yeah. So... I, I don't know if I'm going to go through this entire list, but it's, it's a laundry list of companies that they do business with. You have, of course, we talked about House of Hardcore. We talked about uh, PCW Ultra. But the day before of this taping, there's a, a company that they're doing, in, in Illinois, or a show they're doing in Illinois on July 7th. By the time you guys hear this, it'll be over. But uh, Rise... It's an all-female show that they're doing. They're doing... They have Destiny Wrestling, Big Time Wrestling, Defy Wrestling, Border City Wrestling, Rocky Mountain Pro, Rockstar Pro Wrestling, Wrestle Pro, WrestleCade. And there's more to there. <laughs> uh, that's just here in North America. Super Kicked, AML Wrestling, Smash Wrestling, based out of Canada. Future Stars of Wrestling. But not only that, but you have some powerhouses in, in AAA... You have Lucha Underground, and you have Pro Wrestling Noah. And keep in mind, still later on this month at Slammiversary, you have New Japan Pro Wrestling with Taiji Ishimori. So it's just like it's it's just, it's it's really cool. 
it's really interesting. And I'm, again, I'm using the term weird because I'm not saying it's bad the how that they're doing these promotions. It's just or these cross promotions. It's just really bizarre <laughs> how they're doing it. It's it's cool. It's a little strange, and I guess maybe it's because I haven't seen it. Well, you know what? You and I were talking about, uh, before we started recording, you and I were talking about them being Impact. Impact Wrestling having issues with their television viewership, their te- their TV ratings yeah. uh, dropping. Right. And maybe this is maybe this is the way they they bounce back, by having other, other feds highlights or you know or segments as part of their show yeah that's that's the only thing i could think of because it seems like everybody well not everybody it seems like a, a decent amount of their their tv viewers are just kind of jumping ship and waiting for the the highlights on youtube or just watching waiting and watching the show on the impact network you just gotta wait a day so <laughs> Yeah, the, uh, the the Global Wrestling Network, um, again, that's the uh, Impact Wrestling streaming service. They they put the newest episode of Impact Wrestling the day after it airs on station. Pop, Pop TV. Uh, yeah, after the day after it airs on Pop TV. Um, Pop TV, you and I were talking about it earlier too, not the best channel per se for wrestling it, it's, no, it, not at all. it's not a wrestling network it's not not, not, not saying there's that usa network is a wrestling network but it's not it's not known for wrestling it doesn't necessarily promote the wrestling show the way that it should and the demographic that watches that channel is not necessarily that that would watch professional wrestling so you have that you have the fact that you can Get the Global Wrestling Network, which is I think about nine ten bucks a month. Okay. Um, I don't even know. I I I, I subscribe to it. I don't even know how much it costs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, no more than ten bucks a month. You get all the pay per views, all the Asylum years, a bunch of impacts from you know the beginning, not all, but the beginning for, until till now, and then of course. Every new impact that happens, again, all you got to do is wait a day. So if you're already DVRing Impact Wrestling, well, why why do we even bother? Just get this and I get all this other stuff too. It's one of those things where if that's the case and, and, and that's how they're losing viewership, but they're still gaining it this way, well, I, if, I, if I was them, I would take full advantage. So if I'm doing PCW Ultra, I, and maybe they have, I don't know. But what I would do is say, you know, whoever the the, the reps for PCW Ultra is, hey, do you want to be on the Global Wrestling Network? You know, same thing with House of Hardcore, Tommy Dreamer. I know you got Twitch, but it'd be really cool if you were on House of, you know, I mean, excuse me, like the Global Wrestling Network. You look at, and I brought up CZW because I just subscribed to their, their stuff because they have a bunch of cool summer shows happening. Uh, they have their own streaming service. And included with it is stuff from other companies. It's just another feather in their cap saying, hey, you can also watch this company. Women's Superstars Uncensored is one of the main ones that they advertise or they have. You can not only watch CZW, 
you know, to get your fix of hardcore wrestling, but you can also watch women wrestling with WSU, and that's all included in the same price. So with Impact Wrestling, if you have all those companies that I named, well, why wouldn't you, you know, maybe try to get more of their stuff, especially the smaller companies. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah, I'm not saying that AAA and Pro Wrestling Noah, although I would love Pro Wrestling Noah to be easily Please. Because I, I, I need Pro Wrestling Noah in my life. That's like, all I want for Christmas, man. Yeah. Just give me some fucking Pro Wrestling Noah on a streaming service. <laughs> I'll be happy. Something, man. But uh, I'm not saying they're necessarily, you know, Lucha Underground, they, they're not going to come to the Global Wrestling Network. At least I don't think they would. But, you know, the smaller ones, the smaller companies that would gladly let you put their product on Impact for a spot on the Global Wrestling Network. You know? I, it just makes sense to me. Yeah, it makes total sense. But I, as far as losing viewership, I, I don't think... In, it, well, there's a lot of it that has to do with the product of the past. <laughs> you know, that... That they're still they're still dealing with that hole that was dug for them. As a wrestling fan, again, I'm not I'm not claiming to be the be all end all, you know, wrestling fan. Rest with the rest of be all end all wrestling opinion. But if I could recommend a wrestling show for you, a weekly show especially, well, Lucha Underground would be my number one. But Lucha Underground is not going to be on every single week. Uh, they do seasons. Uh, as far as weekly show on television. Impact Wrestling, if you're not watching it, even if you've watched in the past, though, this this sucks. Give it another chance. Give it another chance. Give it a few episodes. And I really think you change your mind because it's a really good product now. I wish that they would have longer matches. You know, some of the matches, all the matches are pretty, are, are really good. You know, some better than others, of course. I wish that they were a little longer. And I understand it's a TV show, two-hour show with commercials and all that stuff. You know, and you still have to do, you know, your promos and and your segments and all that stuff. But I wish they would emphasize on on some of the matches a little bit more. But other than that, the product is really good for what it is. And I like having guys guys and girls from so many different companies. Again, I repeat, it's just weird how they do it. And I'm not maybe maybe it's the right thing and 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 it's gonna work, but for now because it's it's so foreign to me, it's just I, I I'm when I watch it, it's just like who came up with that idea? Yeah, you know we talked about uh, their two hour block. You get a two it's, impact is a two hour show, and Matt and I are still trying to figure out how they are not like getting their shit together in the way of television production because you have a show like Lucha Underground which is only an hour. Yeah, just an hour. And the way they do their vignettes and promos, it it works. It gels really well and they they accomplish a lot of stuff and still emphasize their main emphasis is the wrestling match. Right. All in 1 hour's time. So it can be done. It can be done, and and here you have a company like Impact who gets two hours. Yeah, you would think, <laughs> you would think they would they would, uh, you know, get some help from from their their lucha friends and and figure the shit out because yeah, how do you guys do this? <laughs> yeah, how do you guys do this in an hour and we can't do it in two? But then if if that's if we're starting that argument, well, shit, then 
how does Raw get fucked up and, and they got three hours? Oh, <laughs> yeah, who, who who gave them three hours, USA Network? <laughs> um, I, I I guess it comes down to to this. It, even though you and I, you know, and again, it's it's the it's the Japan wrestling that has spoiled us. We're used to long matches. We you know used to loving long matches. Even if you you're only you only got five to ten minutes of of TV time to air a match, you know you, your crew your your roster has to be ready to go. You know if you got if you got ten min, ten minutes, then you have to be ready to give the most exciting ten minutes you can. You know you can't have down spots the way that a lot of these matches do. I hate I hate watching. These seven minute matches and you have down spots. <laughs> that shouldn't happen. That that just that can't happen. I mean, you're 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 kidding me if you think that you're you're gassed out after three minutes. You better not be. You better not be. <laughs> Hell no. So, I just I hate that. It's like oh come on, a headlock, you know, shit like that. Like it bothers me to no end. But um, yeah, that's the thing about Lucha Underground. You can have eight minute match. Those guys are zipping around the ring, whether they're high flyers or they're heavyweights or they're technical wrestlers or whatever. They're zipping around that ring like like you know nobody's business, and giving you the exciting match because it's there's no there's no bullshit downtime. There's no there's no filler to to his matches. And when you watch wrestling enough, you know oh this is the filler part of the match. You know it. It, it happens. It happens really to most matches, especially in singles matches. Yeah. So if you're if you're going to shorten your matches, you got to eliminate that. And that's what Lucha Underground does. They eliminate that. You know, they, they know, you know, we only can do X amount of time for matches, especially, you know, this past week. I haven't watched it, but I do know that there's four matches on the show. Four matches in an hour-long show. SmackDown does about four matches on a two-hour show. That's fucking insane. So, and you better believe that they're still going to tell their story. They're still going to get it across because that's what Lucha Underground is really good at doing is telling stories, but adding in really good fucking matches in between. I think it speaks volumes when they do an episode. Again, they're only an hour long, but, you know, when we covered season one, and there was the the all night long match between Johnny Mundo and Prince Puma. My God, yeah. That was that was give or take the entire hour. Yeah. And yeah, it was multiple falls, but that was one match, one fucking match. They, they did that with uh, the season season four uh, premiere with the Aztec Warfare match. Yeah, there you go. Just one match. One match. One match, but a lot of stories were told yeah. that night. Whatever formula that they're using. I think every company, including the ones that yeah, we like, you, right? Yeah, you see use. that. Yeah, you see that, and you're like, "Why isn't everybody else <laughs> doing this?" Yeah, it just makes so much sense. I mean, you and you, you don't even have to be outlandish because they're, no, they're so outlandish. Exactly. You, you know, like her job is even easier when it, because you're not doing all these right insane right. storylines that just you know, don't always make sense. But as far as real being real realistic, but it's. It's amazing what they do, and with Impact Wrestling being so close to them, you know, even if it's like just taking some of their roster, like, hey, what do you guys do over there? You know? <laughs> Share it with us, yeah. fuck. 
do a seminar or some shit, but. <laughs> but yeah, man. I mean, overall, Impact Wrestling, thumbs up. Check it out. Again, how they how they do business is weird, but I love the fact that we are in a in a in a world again where companies are not afraid to do business with each other, because ever since you know the territory days ended and and. Even uh, 2001. 2001, I felt, was the worst year to happen in professional wrestling. Some people think in it was a, the best. In a long time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a long time. Uh, some people think it's one of the best because, you know, Vince won and all that stuff. That, that was actually terrible. It was, it was one of the worst things that ever happened. Um, and then you had companies that just kept to themselves. All this talent was, and then, I mean, it's good for fantasy bookers. You know, what if? But now now you're living in a world where it's, it's possible. You have... You have what Ring of Honor is doing with you know Ring of Honor, New Japan, CMLL, and Rev Pro are all affiliated with each other now. You have what Impact Wrestling is doing with their million companies that they they're affiliated That's with. That's a lot of fucking companies. <laughs> yeah. And then you have you know as we watch Evolve, you look at independent wrestling with the Pro Wrestling Network. You know Evolve, Shine, FIP, you know Viva La Lucha, uh, and. Uh, ACW all together in one, and that's not even the entire roster of companies. No, it's not. So. And you know now we're talking about progress, also becoming affiliated with the WWN. Not necessarily under the official banner, but we're doing yeah. progress shows. Yeah, and, and you and I will be at one of those shows. Um, that just again goes to show you that wrestling. The golden age of wrestling is fully back, and we have the the days of no doors should be left closed. Anything is possible, so that's what I applaud Impact Wrestling for. I just don't necessarily like the way they do it, or <laughs> or approve of the way they do it. But then again, obviously Don Callis and Scott Demore know a lot more about the business than I do. Speaking of independent wrestling. Come September 2nd, we could see a legendary independent wrestler make his return to independence, uh, in that case of Daniel Bryan, whose contract ends September 1st of 2018. I just got goosebumps. <laughs> I think a lot of people do when, it, when we talk about Daniel Bryan and potentially returning what I feel, what I like to call, home. <laughs> Unleash the dragon, the American dragon, bring him back. But uh, you brought up to my attention here of WWE is feeling pretty uncomfortable on the current contract situation and slash negotiations with a Brian Danielson. And they don't necessarily feel that he, at this point, where it's where it stands... That he is, uh, they're not feeling confident that he's going to resign. Well, this all this all happens, especially after a week after he was on a an episode of the Gorilla Position podcast uh, with James Delo. Yeah, and he came out and basically said he has pretty much no faith in <laughs> the WWE's ability to carry a storyline for an entire year, or or roughly a year. But yeah, now the company is kind of looking toward the future at a a WWE without Daniel Bryan. And 
it's it's a very real possibility at this point because uh, he he has now made demands as part of his schedule. He wants to work. Uh, what was the max? 100, 120? 50 to 100. Okay, so 50 to 100. 100 being the max. Yeah. 50 to 100 matches on his schedule, no more, no less. So he, he I, I, I think he realizes that he is on borrowed time. And, I mean, let's face it, he's not the young man he once was. And then you couple that with the head trauma he has had over the years. He is. He's on borrowed time, and... If I were him, I wouldn't want to stay with that company either. I would want to go if if I knew my time was was limited and that I could have to stop wrestling at any moment. You, shit, my numbers would be lower than fifty to a hundred, you know. Yeah. But but that's 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 what he he wants and and uh, they they would be fucking fools at this point to not give it to him. Even if he decides to opt out anyway and leave come September. Because you you should want to try to keep him around in some capacity. So I would be doing everything in my power to, to, to keep him a happy man. Um, they probably won't do that. They will probably fuck that up too. But hey, that'll work out really great for us fans of uh, all these minor league companies. Yeah. <laughs> Because uh, I'm sure he'll want to go and he'll want to go have his kind of match at his pace, under his criteria, his way. Yeah, just like Cody Rhodes did when Co- when he left uh, when when he left the WWE. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm I really, honestly hope that come September second we see a WWE without Daniel Bryan. But in the meantime. Because of this, because of them being unsure, they are trying to basically rush their storylines with him in order to get as many dream matches that the fans want that they can make happen in a WWE ring. So they're really trying to utilize their time to accomplish that above anything else, including his happiness. Because just because... This is a, a fan's dream match. Doesn't mean it's Daniel Bryan's dream match. So they have that to worry about too. That that is definitely going to impact the the decisions, uh, both on their part and his part, in, in in the immediate future. So Daniel Bryan comes back at WrestleMania, and the first match they they give him is. A tag team match with Shane McMahon. I don't care who the hell he's teaming up against or who he's facing, but that's your first match back is a tag team match with Shane McMahon. I know there's some people who listen to the show that that think Shane McMahon's awesome because he jumps off of high stuff, and that's fun and fine dandy, but I come back from a concussion, you give me fucking Shane McMahon as my tag team partner. That's that's the best you can give me. I tell him if he, he can jump off the fucking Superdome for all I care. I don't want him as a tag team partner. <laughs> so that happened. Okay, storyline purposes and all that shit. This is WWE. Fine, whatever. Then he gets the uh, the greatest Royal Rumble. He gets to do the whole 
you know, start from the beginning and make it almost all the way to the end. That's kind of cool, I guess. <clears throat> Those are always fun to see, guys, whether they win the match or not, to see them outlast, especially in this is being the biggest Royal Rumble they've ever done uh, as far as participants go. Uh, and then you have back-to-back matches and pay-per-views. Was, uh, we're talking here Backlash and Money in the Bank against Big Cash. <laughs> Who they let go two days after the Money in the Bank match with Daniel Bryan. So, gets yeah, he gets fired, he gets released, and that's 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 what you give him is big cash. And then I'm looking at for Extreme Rules, which uh, you know we're gonna plug anything July fifteenth, WWE Network, twenty x twenty crew dot com slash podcast slash WWE Network. Get your subscriptions through us, please, and thank you if you haven't done so already. Uh, but going back to the actual event, he gets a match with Kane, who isn't a wrestler anymore, by the way. I think he's still running for governor, right? Or mayor of Knoxville, Tennessee, or something <laughs> like that. Um, and he's fighting Harper and Rowan in a, in a tag team match. And and it's all due respect to everybody else in that. Because you know, Harper and Rowan, they're, they're a solid tag team, and... I don't like the gimmick. I, don't, I really think it's stupid. But overall, they're solid wrestlers, especially uh, Luke Harper. And, you know, Kane, you know, he's definitely... I, I would call Kane a WWE legend at this point. I think it's fair to say that. You know, I'm not putting him in the same category as, like, a Macho Man or something. But he's definitely helped carry that company for, for a long time. Yeah, oh yeah. But he's also extremely old and doesn't really wrestle anymore and again he's running for mayor of he also teaches economics classes i don't know if you knew that. he teaches i did not know that he's a teacher of econ so mm-hmm. not necessarily the guy that i want as a tag team partner anymore yeah bring <laughs> bring him back team hell no is cool and and all that stuff but uh well whether you like it or not that's what's going to happen because it's part of the WWE fans. These are dream matches? Yes. These are dream matches. Yes. Who's dreaming this shit up? The WWE Universe. I need your name. <laughs> <laughs> who, who are you people? <laughs> I think this is a good match. And then, you know, Daniel Bryan the Miz makes sense for the WWE Universe. I, I don't want to see that match. I don't need to see that match. I don't need Daniel Bryan to beat The Miz to get vindication that he's better than Miz. Anybody that has a pair of fucking working eyeballs knows <laughs> that, that Daniel Bryan is better than The Miz. Hey, Mi- I, I only have one working eyeball right now, and I can see that that's the case. The Miz is a great character. He is, I don't want to say terrible, but he's definitely a, not a good wrestler. I'll put it that way. And... uh you know, where's the AJ Styles? Where is the one-on-one with Kevin Owens? Where's Shinsuke Nakamura? Where's those matches? Where's Where's uh, Where's Dolph Ziggler? I don't I don't give a shit what show he's on. You want to speed up your know, dream matches? Make it happen, just fucking man. Do it. Make just it do happen. it. You know, I mean, you, you know, it's it's your company. It's your company. You. Call the shots. You you break rules all the time. Yeah, all the time. 
Brock Lesnar, by the way, I don't know if he's defended that title in the last 30 days. So, I mean, he should not be champion. Because when, when Naomi did it, she lost her title. And I'm not a Naomi fan. I don't give a shit about her. But that's what I mean. We break rules all the time. We make our own <laughs> rules. And then we break them. This is one where we can just break them. Just break the rules. You know, Daniel Bryan versus versus Drew McIntyre. Book that match. Where's that match? Where's Cesaro? Where was those matches? Oh, we can't do Cesaro because he's got to do tag team matches only because he's part of the bar. It's like... This is this has got to be one of the main main reasons. Other than, also too, is well, I want to say one of the main reasons because he is a father now. He's a husband, so the schedule's got to be the main reason that they need to fix. Because he he's been reported say he's not happy with the fact that he's on the road all the time now. I mean that's that's not what he necessarily wants. Obviously, if they want him that bad, they'll make it happen. They'll they'll fix the schedule, but. Everything else is is this shit. You've given like every match that I've named that he's been in, the best match that he's been booked in at pay per view wise is the fucking Royal Rumble. <laughs> that was his best match. <laughs> you know, it's like you you give me the word like what's next? You can give me Zack Ryder, you can give me Mojo Rawley and No Way Jose. Like fuck. Like how many how many of these these shitheads do I have to go through to get AJ Styles? That's the dream match. Yeah. That is the fucking dream match. Book that one. Oh, you know, he's fighting Rusev right now. We'll fucking change it. <laughs> Rusev can go fight somebody else. <laughs> you know? I mean, this, yeah. He, Daniel Bryan and, and dream matches, if, 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 if that's what Daniel Bryan wants to do, then he should wise up and, and take Take the money elsewhere. Take the, the opportunity elsewhere. Because, again, you can still make a ton of money. Not that he's hurting for dough at this point in his life. But you can still make a ton of money doing it. Doing you know, doing the, the, what you're doing now. You're going to be a huge fucking draw everywhere you go. You know, we're talking bigger than the Bucks. You know, bigger than Omega at this point. Because you're Daniel Bryan. You're back in the Indies. You're back. And not only that, too, but you are limited to how long you're going to be back. I mean, everybody technically is, but with Daniel Bryan, he may only have a year left yeah. of doing this. You don't know. You really don't know. And, you know, so that's when, when we first got news of this, you know, months ago that he was coming back, we talked about this. We, we even booked a few dream matches, but I'm not even saying matches that we want to see, but if you really want to book yourself in dream matches... If you're Daniel Bryan or Bryan Danielson and you want to book yourself in dream matches, then your best bet is to leave because you get to work your schedule, whatever it is you want to work. You know, it could be a week where you work four or five, four or five nights. The following week, you might work none. You know, you can go a whole month. Nobody would bitch about it. Nobody should bitch about it <laughs> because it's like, hey, go spend time with your family. Go heal up. We, you know you're coming back. You know you're going to be back. Do what you got to do, man. You know, nobody's going to have a hard time with Daniel Bryan working 50 to 100 matches. And even even him working, believe it or not, working less matches, is that, it's just going to make him more of a fucking draw. It, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> because, absolutely. Because now, you know, by going to that independent show, whether it's a Ring of Honor show or if it's, you know, 
even a smaller show than than that, you know, PWG, whoever, or if he goes to Japan, wrestles in Japan, wherever he goes, it's holy shit, Daniel Bryan's on that card. Bryan Danielson's on that card. I need to go. I need to be there. That's the draw. He is the draw. Sorry, Sammy Callahan, but you lost you lost that title <laughs> if, if if he goes back to to the Indies. So if I'm WWE, I think I, I love the fact that they are worried about things like this. Because they should be. They should they be. Fucking should be. And this is this is what this is where it backfires when you have, and I know I'm exaggerating here, but when you have a million people on your roster, because that's what it feels like. <laughs> yeah. You know. You know, we talk. I, I believe I talked about it to you. I, I might have been on the show too, where we talk. I talked about the Andrade Cien Almas, and yes, you know, he's just like he's just doing two minute vignettes on SmackDown, talking about something that he did three weeks ago, and it's like, well, why not just come out and have a match? Well, we don't have time for him. We we gotta we gotta make sure that you know we do all this other shit too, and it's like. Why'd you call him up then? <laughs> like you don't have a fucking place for him. Why'd you call him up? Oh, we he's doing really good. We had, you know we felt he needed to call him. Like this isn't a reward <laughs> to no. not work. It's not a reward. I mean, yeah, you're getting paid and all that shit. But the point is, they have way too much talent that's not being used. And in the case of Brian Danielson, you have to use him because you don't know how long he's gonna he's gonna be around. And you sure as hell can't have him travel around. If he doesn't want to travel all the time, he wants to be home with his with his child. He wants to be home with his wife. And, and he wants to be home to heal up, too. Because remember, he just got approved to compete just a few months ago. You know, after concussions ended his career, what, seemed, what was supposed to be forever. You know, so that's, you know, his health is always going to be a concern. And you're having them travel all around, and then you have them wrestle bullshit matches. On top of that, again, having them te- bring back Team Hell No is is it cool? I guess for nostalgia purposes, but I didn't need to see that again. Yeah, no, fuck you know, that. You know, oh my god. I and by the way, this has nothing to do with it, but 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 Kane, Kane coming out now, it, it's super fucking cheesy because you know Kane's always it's always been pyro, you know. Now they do that same bang, but it's it's just the speakers. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it sounds terrible, but uh, that's you know that's not important at all. But yeah, it's I hope again. This is one of those things where I hope, and I and I, I try not to be the guy that roots against WWE. But in this case, I'm not necessarily rooting for, against WWE. I'm rooting for Brian Danielson and and all the wrestling fans that want to see the Dragon back because. That's what we'll get. There are no restrictions on what you, he can do besides the restrictions that he puts on himself or his doctors or whatever. And you get to wrestle whatever matches you want. Every match will be a dream match at that point. Theoretically, it should be. You know? Absolutely. So it's it only makes sense. It only makes sense that he goes, I hope that it's not one of those, th- and I always, and I don't know why. I don't know the, the the rules or the what kind of contract and what's in the contract. But if it's one of those things that if, if he goes, then you know Brie Bella loses Total Bella and Total Divas and all that shit. And you know, I don't. 
she always th- those two her and her sister always take me as the uh all about me type type girls and you know I I don't know. I, I, I don't know if that would ever be a factor. Something as stupid as that would be a factor in this decision. I, I can't I can't ever hold that I can I can never completely rule that out and say, Well that's not that, Especially when yeah. it comes to the WWE. And especially when it comes to the WWE too. So it's be one of those things where fine, if you're gonna leave then your wife doesn't get a show and Yeah. It wouldn't be the first time they pulled shit like that. Sure. But as always we love to hear what you guys have to say. We love to hear what you have to say. So uh, you can catch us. Come talk to us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash groups slash 20x20talk. Get a hold of one of us. Or you can check out our Facebook page. Facebook.com slash 20x20crew. And uh, get a hold of us there. And uh, we'll make sure you get into the, the wrestling discussion group. We're always... Always interested to hear what you have to say. Uh, as always, uh, we are watching something in the background as we record, and we are watching Evolve 106 taking place in Brooklyn. And currently on the screen, we see Matt Riddle versus Shane Strickland. Shane Strickland, thank you. Swerve. <laughs> uh, is this for the Evolve title? This is for the Evolve this title. This is for the Evolve title. This was a hell of a match that we got to see back in May in uh, in Chicago, or well, a suburb. Yeah, but Chicagoish. Uh, it was Chicagoish. You can you can actually get more information on Evolve tickets and goings on through us over at twenty x twenty crew dot com slash podcast slash Evolve, and they are also available on Fight TV. Don't forget. If you go through us for a Fight TV subscription over at 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash fight, that's F-I-T-E, you will get $20 of free credit right away, but you have to be a new subscriber. You could spend it any way you want. It's just got to be on Fight TV shit. I'm not a... Ton of stuff to yeah, get you don't to. even have to watch wrestling if you don't want. They have mixed martial arts, whatever, but hell... If we're talking about wrestling, that's possibly two to three shows just off that 20 bucks. Yeah. So, absolutely. Can't beat that deal. And on that note, we're going to go take a quick break and probably watch, finish watching this match <laughs> and pay some bills. So, uh, stay tuned. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Hey, think you can tell us what to do? I can't tell you what to do. You think you can tell us what to wear? I can't tell you what to wear. Hell no, I'm not better. But I am smarter. I'll bow to the masters. The masters over at Ray's. Ray's will hook you up with all kinds of discounted gift cards for your favorite places to eat, for your favorite places to shop online and in store. They have any place you could possibly think of, and they even have discounts on ride sharing services like Lyft and Uber in case you guys need to make it to a show. So hop on over and support the show. Support your 20x20 crew. Visit us for more information. Information on raise and discount gift cards over at 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash raise. That's R-A-I-S-E. 
20x20crew.com slash podcast slash raise. And we got two words for you. Save money. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, thanks for helping us pay some bills. <laughs> so, you and I, Matt, we have had we have had the pleasure of calling many different matches over our past twenty episodes. Believe it or not, twenty twenty episodes into it, we are again tasked with. It's a huge task, at least yeah. for me, anyway. And I'm speaking about the. 2018 edition, which would be the 28th, 28th edition of the G1 Climax for New Japan Pro Wrestling. It's going to run from July 14th through August 12th, so... Don't come looking for me there in those yeah. times. <laughs> uh, myself as well, I mean, shit. So, uh, putting, putting a timeline to all this, uh, we've got, what, episode 21, which is this episode. Yes. This is dropping the day before. Day before. Yep. So the day before begins. Uh, you get to hear us. And then it's going to run through August 12th. You and I are attending a progress show August 11th and an Evolve show, Evolve 110, also on August 11th. So. It's uh, a lot of wrestling for us. Fuck yeah, sure. dude. I'm excited. I'm excited as all hell. I have not personally watched any of the Kazuna Road shows leading up to the G1 Climax. Again, I've been I've been kind of busy lately, but mm. we do have the the actual blocks uh, listed out. They yes. are official now for for the G1 Climax, and uh, I'm just gonna dive right into it, man. And I, I I definitely I know you've got uh, you've got opinions about uh, some of these things, and so do I, especially sure. in Block B, but. <laughs> Let's start off with Block A. We're gonna do yeah. we're gonna do Block A first. So Block A will consist of Michael Elgin, Evil, Bad Luck Fale, Toji Makabe, Kazuchika Okada, Hangman Page, Minoru Suzuki, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Jay White, and Yoshihashi. That's all in Block A. Block B. Here we go. Hiroki Goto, Kota Ibushi, Tomohiro Ishii, who's the new Rev Heavyweight Champ. Holy shit. Uh, Tetsuya Naito, Kenny Omega, Juice Robinson, Zack Sabre Jr., Sonata, Tama Tonga, and Toru Yano. All in Block B. Holy fucking shit. So you gotta explain uh, real quick here to the people who are not familiar to what the G one climax is. So you have block A, you have block B. <clears throat> you know, if you're a World Cup fan, you understand what a round robin is. Round robin is everybody in block A is going to face everybody within the same block one time. It's a point system. You get two points for a win. Uh, one, one point for a loss. One point for a draw. Or one point for a draw. I'm yeah, sorry. which uh, these are thirty-minute time limit matches, by the way. Yeah, and then no points for a loss. Right, and then the the the, the person with the most points 
uh, at the, the end of the round robin, wins the block, and then block A winner takes on block B winner. And what's at stake? A trip to Wrestle Kingdom, the challenge for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. So now that we got that out of the way, now you should know what it is. <laughs> um, also, too, real quick before we dive into it, this is the first time ever that every single uh, G1 Climax event, there's 19 shows that are going to be happening with this. Uh, each one is going to be broadcast on New Japan World and with English commentary. Oh, I'm so excited. No language barrier excuses necessary because <laughs> you don't have it. It's all going to be in English. You can get all that information, 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash NJPW. Please don't miss this because this is going to be some really good wrestling, and we're going to dive into what exactly we mean. So we'll start with Block A. We're going to start with Block A. I'm going to make a quick uh, correction here before you pull my wrestling card. I was never going to do that. (laughs) Tomohiro Ishii is no longer the Rev Heavyweight Champ. It is actually Minoru Suzuki. Yes. That's who I meant to say. I apologize. Happened at Strong Style, Evolved, UK. I feel I feel like a young boy who's about to get his ass beat. <laughs> we'll call you Ren Narita. <laughs> um, yeah, we're going to begin with Block A. Again, you've got uh, Michael Logan, Evil, Bad Luck Fale, Toji Makabe, Kazutsuko Okada, Hangman Page, Minoru Suzuki, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Jay White, and Yoshihashi. Good lord. <laughs> A lot of chaos. Yeah. And by chaos, I mean the faction. The chaos. faction, yeah. Well, I mean... Uh, both. Both. <laughs> a lot of chaos involved in that one. Um, obviously, the guy that's going to stand out, that should stand out the most right now, is Kajuchi Kokata. Because he is the former yeah, he, heavyweight he's, champion. Yeah, he's on his way back to... Or he's trying to get back to that spot, trying to be the top guy again. And yeah, after being the top guy for two years. This is what he's got to go through. This is so. what he's got to go through, yeah. This is the first time, too. Uh, the two first-timers in this block with uh, with Hangman Page, Bullet Club member, and then the Switchblade, Jay White, is making his G1 Climax debut. Um, just right off the bat, what's, what's the one match that you you look forward to the most if you have one at the moment because it's it's a lot to take in for sure it is you know what i i do i I, i'm really really interested in hangman page versus minoru suzuki yes yes (laughs) uh hangman page has come come quite a a a long way and and i don't i i don't mean that in like a demeaning way because right um for me he has always had his shit together it's just he's on a, a different level now and I'm excited. I'm excited for him to take on Suzuki to see just to see how how he approaches Suzuki. Because yeah. let's face it, man, Suzuki's no fucking slouch. I don't care if you think he's an old man; he's gonna beat some ass. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> and and it, keep in mind, you've got like two two like uh, global factors here. One, this is post Kenny Omega's comments. To the local, to the to the Japanese wrestlers on the roster, like hey, step it up because we're we're about to take on the world. Mm-hmm. And then you also have Suzuki, who is now Rev Heavyweight Champion. So 
he's just he's walking into that with a fucking huge it's it's kind of like a, a a double-edged sword a huge ego because he's got a fucking title heavyweight title yes. so it's like i already know i'm badass but now i'm that much more badass but then now add that to kenny omega's comments and he's got something to prove yeah so I really fucking feel sorry for the hangman Adam Page. But I think I think he's gonna hang with him. I really I, I really see Suzuki just beating his ass at the end of the day. Sorry to say. But I'm really excited to see that match. That's the one that sticks out for me. That's one I was looking at too. Um I think for I usually don't. I usually don't go with the bigger guys, but in in New Japan I do, and that's why I, the one that stood out to me immediately was uh, was Michael Elgin versus Evil, uh, just because Michael Elgin's on a whole new level right now, more so than I've ever seen him. Dude, he's he's a really great oh, fucking goodness. shape, yeah, and strong stronger than fucking ever, man. Guy's strong as a fucking ox. I I love Hiroki Gota. I've been a fan of his for a long time. And I have to say, even though the match, I know you haven't, you didn't watch Kazuna Road yet, but uh, um, the match that he had uh, against Michael Elgin for the Never Openweight Title, phenomenal match. And I was disappointed that Goto won the title back because Go, uh, Michael Elgin's uh, reign was was cut so short. I mean, yeah, that was a pretty short reign. That was only that he it was less than a month. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he won the title at Dominion in June and lost it in June. Uh, and that was his first title defense too, and it sucked that uh, he lost that fast. But Michael Elgin's on a whole new level right now, and then Evil is another one of those guys that uh, is is being slept on a little bit. And I know he's being dubbed as a tag team specialist, and I love him and Sonata as a tag team. But this dude right here, I have no doubt in my mind if if they continue to push him the way that it looks like they might be pushing him for the future. This guy is going to be competing for world title more. I know he's already done it, but more than than he already has. And his level of matches are just are unbelievable too. And I really look forward to that match. That's a question I have for you. You've obviously watched the Kazuna Road shows. Yes. Did he pull out any more new moves? Evil. He has been, yeah. That that's like a continuing trend with him, and I'm like, holy shit! Like every time you turn around, he's trying out something new in the ring, and you're like, damn! I mean, yeah, he's billed as a tag team specialist, but as of late, man, he's pulling yeah. he's pulling moves out out of the fucking woodwork left and right, and you're yeah. like, holy shit! He is he is definitely evolving in, into a special talent. Oh, I. I I caught what you did See there because we're, we're watching Evolve. Okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, by the way, we are now watching Evolve 107, the most recent Evolve. Uh, real quick here. I, I don't want to dive too much into this, but I'm disappointed that Adam Cole didn't make the actual show. I call it bullshit Fucking on that. bullshit, man. Fucking bullshit. You're going to advertise for, for him, and then you're going to give it to the live crowd of, and that, only, and that's it. That's that's not helping out Evolve, but anyway. <laughs> So, really, I mean, the the one gripe that I have of the G1, and I don't mean to sound disrespectful to anybody in there because they're all good talents, uh, Bad Luck Fale. What about him? Take him out. Take him out? Take him out. Why? It's better, it's better, it's better, it's better, it's better guys on the roster to have. 
there's no need to have bad luck Fale, in my opinion, because for one, this is the first G one that you're you're putting to the American crowd and to the international crowd in its entirety. And you have a guy that even though he's bullet club, I get that. And I know I understand he's a seasoned vet and all that stuff, but he for anyone listening out there, when was the last time you saw Bad Luck Fale? It was it was April. Yeah, I think I know why. Do you know why? I don't know why. Okay, I think I know why. Okay, uh, let's hear why. If, if you haven't seen recent pictures of him, he's slimmed down. Uh, he jokes now that you can actually see his neck. Okay. Uh, I think what is it, it like? Is, a, is he is he healthy? Yeah, yeah. I think okay. It's it's he's healthy. I think what it is is they told him like, hey, get your shit together. And you're getting too big. You're getting too big. So that's probably what it is. That's probably why we haven't seen him. He's been on the the, the recovery to, to get his body back. I mean, shit. You look at you look at him when he he first started the Bullet Club. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm having a fucking brain fart. Prince Devitt. Thank you, Prince <laughs> Devitt. That's what yeah. I'm. Uh, yeah. When it, that's what I'm here for, by it, the way. Thank you. Yeah, it's hell getting old, folks. So when he started the Bullet Club with Prince Devitt, you take a look at him and and photos of him back then, and man, he was. God damn, was he in shape yeah, for a big dude like that? Solid yeah. guy, yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I think he's well on his way to, to returning to that. From the photos that I saw, he's getting there. So that that lend, that gives me a lot of hope for him to be in the G1 this time around. I, I think that's this is probably a reward for him, you know? Okay, I, I mean, I can see it that way, but I, I, still, I still say get rid of him. You know what? I'm if if he's coming back and he's healthier and he's going to be more in shape, I'm all for it. Okay, that's fair. If he comes back and he's fucking the same old Fallet, and you've got to do a ton of shit to him and to piss him off, only to end the match in a DQ, well then fuck it. No more no more G ones for him. You know? Yeah, I I I get I get tired of that. And again, I like. I like Bad Luck Fale, but I, I honestly, if he didn't have that Bullet Club shirt on him, I probably wouldn't care too much about him he, at this see, point anymore. He's iffy for me because, like I said, he's he's more than capable. But I think you you'll agree with me. Like the past couple months that he was active, there was a lot of it was a lot of spotty spotty stuff, and, yeah. and a lot of it was like, oh, you'd wrestle him and he'd get pissed off, and then. He would just forget about fucking the match gets thrown out, and he just I'm gonna go beat this guy with a chair <laughs> or beat on some young boys. Yeah, that's and, pretty much all it was, and that's all it was. You know, there was there was nothing else to it. So it's okay to do that every once in a while. I, mean, I don't think anybody is ever going to expect Balak Fale to put on a five star match, at least especially at this point in his career. Yeah, yeah. But you got to do more than than that. You got to do more than the cliche stuff than that. Um. But there's 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 definitely some fillers here. I think that the the roster is big enough now that you could make it to where everybody involved has that like legit shot. Because you even listen to Kazuna Road, you know, even Kev, Kevin Kelly is Yoshihashi, for example. And I like Yoshihashi, but he's definitely older now, and it's one of those things where he even Kevin Kevin Kelly on commentary. Whether he should be doing this or not is saying, you know, Yoshihashi, he's good for, he's going to be upsetting somebody's 
chances at G1 for sure. Same, he said the same thing with Toriano, who will get to in Block B. And it's just like, well, here you are on screen saying that Yoshihashi isn't going to win the G1. And yeah, that I don't, I don't approve of that, especially if you're presenting all of these guys as major competitors yeah, for your company. And that's what it should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't dig that one bit. You know, this that isn't the first time he's done that to Yoshihashi. There was a couple months ago where he must have some beef with him. Then I don't know, but he, <laughs> there was a couple months ago where he said that he had heard. Someone say that Yoshihashi better get his stuff together, otherwise he'll be off the roster. And Kevin Kelly agreed, like, yeah, he's underperforming, whatever, whatever. And it's like, dude, you shouldn't really be saying shit like that. Like, he's obviously there performing. Yeah. Put you're there to put the talent over. Put him over, yeah. You know exactly. Um, you know, Toji Makabe, phenomenal wrestler. Again, older guy. It's he's no it's another one of those things too where even on on screen being dubbed as well he might he he should have a decent outing but he's gonna be more spoiler than anything. <laughs> and when you start promoting guys that way, it, it kinda takes away from what the G one's supposed to be. It should be your top twenty guys. And I don't wanna sound like the the young gun, like, oh well these older guys shouldn't be there. I'm not saying that at all. If Yuji Nagato was back in the G one I wouldn't be opposed to that because he's he's obviously still working. He's still putting in the effort. He's still putting on solid matches, mostly against young boys because mm-hmm. that's what he does now. But you know, I mean, let's not forget he's he's the, he's a tag team champion with the All Japan Pro Wrestling. So I mean, he still he still has something left in the tank. But when you start promoting guys as as more fillers and uh, spoilers, it's just, eh, kind of takes away from it. But that's a minor gripe. But, uh, you know, you, and you look at a guy like Hiroshi Tanahashi, you know, well, he's always a wild card because he's at that point in his career where he could easily become a top contender again and be world champion again. But he's also at the point where he doesn't really have to be because, you know, he's still the ace. And... You know, he's like that glorified spoiler, but at the same time, wild card that you don't know. So he's always interesting that's as far how, as how they're going to play. That's how they should be booking Yoshihashi, Toriano. Yeah. You know. You don't know. Yeah, you exactly. Don't know. That's, how, that's how they should be built. And that's what that's what Tanahashi has become. Uh, you know, Minoru Suzuki is, is a really intriguing guy as far as who's going to win this whole thing. I have my picks. On, on who's going to take out Block A, who I think is going to take Block A, and rest assured, I'm not changing my pick. Um, what do you got though? I want to hear yours first. You want to hear my first? Yeah. Okay, I actually went with the, um, I went with an obvious one on this one. Um, I feel that uh, they're gonna they're gonna run with Okada for for Block A. Yeah, that sounds about right. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. I, and we don't mean that in a bad way. By yeah, the way. I, no, I, I, I don't. I don't mean it in a bad way. I just at this point, I was hoping to hear you say something different. But you know, you and I are are of a like mind. So, well, you know who I who I think should. No, tell me who you think. The should. guy that should win is the guy that lost the never open weight title. It, it should be Michael Elgin. 
I could get behind that definitely. Michael uh, Michael Michael Elgin, just, just picture this: Michael Elgin versus Kenny Omega. That's gonna be a hell of a match. That would be a hell of a match. I haven't I haven't saw that match in quite some time. So yeah, definitely. I would I would definitely get behind that. So wait a minute, are you telling me Omega's winning Block B? I'm not saying that at all. No, no. <laughs> I haven't gotten that far yet. I, I was referring to the fact that Omega is going to hold on to that heavyweight title at at uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, Kingdom. okay, okay. Um, that I like. Yeah, let's do that. Let's let's keep let's have him keep the title that long. Yeah, I can get behind that. For yeah, sure. he should at the very least hold on to it till January fourth. Um, best wrestling show of the year. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, we're man. I'm telling you, it, it's it's what fuck. It's July. It's July now. Still haven't seen a better. Still show haven't either. seen a better show. <laughs> so Block B. Let's go to Block B now. Again, Toriyanu, Tamatonga, Sonata, Zack Sabre Jr., Juice Robinson, Kenny Omega, Tetsuya Naito, Tomohiro Ishii, Kota Ibushi, and Hiroki Goto. Again, another fucking stacked block. Yeah, oh yeah. So obviously, we're not seeing Omega win this. I think it's pretty obvious, pretty clear. Yeah. I, this is going to sound weird, but it's just the same thing I said with uh, with Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay, yeah. It's like, why is the champion in the, the tournament that crowns the number one <laughs> contender for the championship that he holds, yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. It doesn't, and and I, you know, I had the same gripe with Osprey as well. Like he's in the he's in the tournament that he you know that he's like he's got the title that the tournament's about. So why would he should why should he be in there? But uh, hey, that's that's their call, man. And and I don't know if it's just you know them using a big name, getting the most out of their money, or or, or what have you, but. Kenny Omega's in Block B, whether we like it or not. So let's throw him out. Okay. Um, uh, before we before we move on from Kenny Omega, I am excited at him fighting Kota Ibushi. Yeah. Especially since he came out and said, so Block B gets announced. Yeah. And he realizes Ibushi's in the same block, and Kenny Omega was basically like, "Oh shit." And he came out and, and, and basically said, he told Ibushi that if they've ever had to fight each other again, <laughs> that they're pretty much going to have to pull out all the stops and practically kill one another. Yeah. And so that us, the fans, should be expecting that. He said, because it has to be better than what they did in Budokan. So... There you go. Once that match hits, I don't know what day it's going to hit on, but damn. Let's hope it's the main event, and let's hope it goes close to the 30-minute time limit. I don't think anyone wins that match. You think it'll become a draw? I think it's a draw. Holy shit. I think it's a draw, and, and I'll just leave it at that for now. You know what? I <clears throat> I, th- I think I think Ibushi wins. Okay. Yeah, I think Ibushi takes it from Omega. That should be interesting. Yeah. That should definitely be interesting. Um, the match that I'm looking forward to the most right now, and it goes back to what we talked about in episode 20, uh, is Kenny Omega versus Tetsuya Naito. Because oh, shit. On a Kazuna Road, uh, it was announced that Naito took exception big time to what Kenny had to say. Yes, he did. About the, about the Japanese roster. And... Uh, 
it's gonna be they're gonna have a great match, of course, but he's gonna g- give them the business. It's gonna be interesting to see what ha- what Naito does <laughs> in this match. So I'm really intrigued by that one, and uh, and again, also too, I'm also looking forward to Kota Bushi versus Kenny Omega because of storyline purposes. Um, another match I'm really looking forward to on this one is uh, is Juice versus uh, Zack Saber Jr. Oh man, those guys are gonna tear it up. Uh, Zack Saber Jr. is, is going to have an absolutely insane run. I think. I I I don't know where he's going to go in point wise, but as far as the level of matches, I mean, if you thought what he did early um, in the tournaments, I forget the name of the tournament, but uh, back in the spring that yes. they did um, the New Japan Cup, it's got nothing on what he's going to do in the G One. I I'm glad that. Uh, He's in there because I, I was thinking to myself the other day. It's, I'm watching all this wrestling. It's like you know I haven't seen in a while. It's fucking Zack Saber Junior. Man, and <laughs> the fucking Hoist Gracie of professional wrestling. You either Hell love yeah. it or you don't, but it's effective. But uh, prediction time. Uh, before we do that, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something out here. So okay. obviously Tetsuya Naito took exception to what Kenny Omega had to say. Yeah. And Kenny Omega's comments were pointed towards the Japanese side of the roster. Look look at all the names in Block B. <laughs> There's one, two, three, four, five, six. six. There are six Japanese wrestlers in Block B that Kenny Omega has to face. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand where you're coming from where you say, when you say you're excited to see Naito versus Omega. Yeah. But in my eyes, that caliber of match, Omega's going to get the business from all those fucking oh, yeah. guys. Oh, yeah. And if he doesn't, then I think that speaks volumes about <laughs> the guys who aren't giving, giving him the business. Tomohiro Ishii. Jesus. Yeah, I, you know, I'd be fucking Goto. scared for my fucking life, dude. Hiroki <laughs> Goto took a fucking ass whooping of a lifetime from Suzuki. And survived. And survived. <laughs> and now he's you know he's back with the never weight. Uh, title, yeah. So he's got he's he's on he's got momentum behind him. So again, another another like double factor here. Yeah, going into uh, one of the potential matches or, or one of the inevitable matches for the G One climax. I, you know, and now that I had a week to think about it too, I'm, I'm glad we're, we're bringing this up with Kenny Omega. I'm not claiming this is a work, but do you think that this is like in his head, maybe in his mind, a work in the sense of, well. I need to get these guys motivated somehow. Maybe if I just fucking piss them off or something. I don't know what he's. What, I mean, because well, it, well, he did say the the comments were meant to be motivational. Sure, I get you know? that, but he's also got to understand that he's gonna piss people off just because it's. You're claiming that we're not working. We don't have as much want as you. You know that's. I I hear where you're coming from, yeah. and and I I. I agree to an extent. I think every once in a while, Kenny Omega gets it wrong. Well, and, everybody does. And and he he does say some stupid shit like that, and he doesn't think about it. You know, he he articulates himself in in such a manner to where he knows what he wants to say, but it doesn't necessarily come out that way. Sure. And it it's it 
it's going to cost them some some bumps and bruises here in this tournament. That's for damn sure. Regardless of of, of how how you want to look at it, Block B for me is the standout block, and, and that's saying oh, yeah. a lot because Block A has got a, a shit ton of phenomenal matches happening. The only the only thing that I wish would have happened if we could if we could trade out, I would and I would I would do Japanese wrestler for Japanese wrestler. I would trade out. Um, I would even go Hiroki Goto, trade him out for Minoru Suzuki. I, I want to see Minoru Suzuki in Block P. Fuck. <laughs> and I love Kenny Omega, I do. But there's something about about what, what he said that I'm intrigued to see how the Japanese roster stand, stands up. And well, you know, you know, There's one thing that we haven't talked about when it comes to his comments. No, no one, including us, yeah, have figured out what the company has to say, yeah, and, and how they're approaching it. Right. So, who's to say that Minoru Suzuki doesn't win Block A, and Kenny Omega wins Block B, and then guess what? This is your fucking punishment for opening your fucking mouth, <laughs> you fucking foreigner. And then Suzuki gets to beat the shit out of Omega. I could see that happening too. I mean, hell, I'm I'm an American wrestling fan. I see it all the time with the WWE. Yeah. They do shit out of spite like that. I'm not saying NJPW is the same way, but I wouldn't put it past them. You got to teach these guys a lesson sometimes. So, you know, next time think about what you say before you fucking say yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Be clear. Even if you meant to be positive, be clear. Like, even even Toru Yanu, like a lot of people don't take him seriously. But you remember that match a couple months ago he had against Suzuki? It was mm. a bull rope match? I do, yeah. Holy fuck. That, for me, that match was fucking awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And for him, for Yano to hang with Suzuki, take his fucking shit, you don't think he's capable of giving it to Omega? If you don't, man, you're sadly fucking mistaken. I've seen Toru Yano in some pretty brutal matches, not just a Suzuki match. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. And and Toru Yano is, he's he's actually a, a good talent if you take away the goofiness. Oh, yeah, you know, definitely. He's a, he can, he's a he, solid worker. He's a solid worker, absolutely. Uh, the one the one standout for me in Block B is Tamatonga. I think we're going to get to see a lot more of him progressing to the next level of singles competition, just like Evil is. Yeah. He, he's on that rise, and I think so is Tamatonga, so... I'm really interested to see how far he goes in Block B. I don't, I don't necessarily pick him as the winner, but I think it's going to be close, at least in points. You know, and, and another, another another young young gun that's in this one is, is Sonata, and obviously Evil's current partner and part of Lij, and he's not being pushed along the lines that, that Evil is, and and nor should he with what Evil's doing right now, but. Sonata is is one of those guys that, under the tutelage of, of Naito and, and and just being a part of that group, has continued to rise at an extremely fast pace, and it's going to be really interesting to see what he does. I I, I look at him as uh, as a guy that's probably going to finish with on the bottom half of this thing in points, but it's. For him, it's not about the the wins and losses. It's going to be about what he does, you know, against matches with you know Ibushi and Naito. That one was really cool because they they had they had a really good bit on uh, at Kazuna Road, uh, you know, Goto and and Omega and those guys like that. 
you know how how he delivers in in a thirty minute or how twenty to thirty minute match with those guys. Um, it's it's gonna be it's to see what how he is a singles wrestler now because I've seen this guy go and I really like what I see. Um, definitely at that point of his career where he can go either way with his career. Juice Robinson's another one that stands out. He is he. <laughs> Kevin Owens has come out and said that Juice Robinson has, like, the fucking promo in the entire industry. And he also got, he also caught some shit for saying that. (laughs) (laughs) But I I, I agree with him, man. He, Juice, whatever Juice is doing, man, keep on doing it. He's, he's, he's kind of in a, in a groove in his own right now. It's like, it's like the, the guy that just finally woke up one day and just figured it out. (laughs) <laughs> figured it out like he had all the tools but didn't know how to use them and he just found the blueprints this is how you do it Juice Robinson by the way at, the, at this point could very well be the uh, United States Heavyweight Champion at this point yeah uh, he is facing Jay White at the G1 Special in San Francisco uh, Chicago boy or at least Joliet. Joliet, so. man. Yeah, that I, you know, I didn't know that uh, initially, and then when I found out, I was like, "Holy shit, yeah. man! That's that's crazy." Some homegrown talent right there. Um, even even Don Callis from from Impact Wrestling was saying how Juice Robinson is like this guy. He's the kind of wrestler that you build an entire company around, and for him to be catching the eye and the ears, for that matter. Of talent outside of your respective company, you got to be doing something right. Yeah. So that's great too because you know a few years ago he was being cut by WWE, never made it past NXT. And, that's right, man. That's right. You know, and I don't. I'm not bashing WWE because it was like the Kenny Omega thing. Like he just didn't have it figured out yet. Just didn't have it figured out, and they they cut ties with him. But yeah, he got to figure it out and. Man, you know, even even though Toriano is another one of those guys that they're they're being looked at as as a uh, spoiler, <laughs> Toriano's been looked at as one of those guys that's nothing more than a spoiler. There's really all ten of these guys are just I have no gripe with, you know. And again, going back to Balak Fale and, and Toji Makabe and Yoshihashi, or actually I didn't have a gripe with Yoshihashi, but those two other guys, I I didn't. I didn't have a gripe with them. I have a ton of respect for them. But it just looked like there might have been somebody else that they could have put in there. But um, I have no issues with anybody in Block B. And it's going to be... That, that's my favorite block. I wish Kenny Omega, believe it or not, to my wife who's listening, I, I, I wish that... Uh, I wish he wasn't in there because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. However, on the plus side... Is that we're going to guarantee get uh, you know so long as no injuries happen get nine matches of Kenny Omega singles matches from July fourteenth to August twelfth you know so with uh, in a month's time and that doesn't happen very often with Kenny Omega no so absolutely not yeah he doesn't do a whole lot of tours anymore at, at this point right now so to have him back and doing doing this tour, even though it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, I'm still on board with it. And it's man, I'm gonna I'm gonna go go out on a limb here. I'm gonna I'll fantasy book real quick. 
being being that he said Kenny Omega said what he said about the Japanese roster in your opinion how would you feel if he ends up winning block B and then winning the tournament and therefore leaving like a, an open like an open challenge open challenge I guess we'll, we'll, yeah we'll call it an open challenge to someone someone uh, maybe not necessarily in the tournament how how do, how does that go over does that make him does that just accentuate the level of 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 heel that will uh, yeah. that would asso- that you would associate all that heat with yes absolutely um i like that idea because of it, it brings back the heelish Kenny Omega yeah, I miss yeah. I miss I miss heel Kenny. Absolutely, <laughs> um, but also too, we talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling. You know, you talk about a very traditional company. So, you know, you look at New Japan like, oh, that's not going to happen. But this is also a company that is westernizing their product and looking for a change. And you know, as you looked at, like, let's look at what Tetsuya Naito did, for example, with the Intercontinental Title. Something that was supposed to be prestigious, and it's an honor to hold that title, and he breaks the damn thing. (laughs) 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 Um, Which he's also not being very nice to Hiromu Takahashi's uh, trophy. He broke it again. He uh, he drop kicked it. (laughs) Be nice. Be nice, Naito. It's not yours. But um, going back to the Intercontinental title, uh, the dash really and, and the nerve of, of Naito to do something like that should not get over, but it did. And that company is at the brink of breaking tradition. Tradition is the winner of the G1 goes to the January, fir- excuse me, January 4th Tokyo Dome show, obviously now being called Wrestle Kingdom, and they get a shot at the heavyweight title. That's tradition. What if we break tradition? That company is on the verge of wanting to do that. You know, I'm not saying break tradition forever, but, you know, for 2018, the G1 Climax, you break tradition, and the guy that's calling out your Japanese roster, saying they're not hungry enough, they're not as good as him, they're not at his level, he runs through the G1, wins the whole damn tournament, and, you know, you can say none of these guys are worthy, you know, open challenge to somebody else or even go even healers and saying well nobody's worthy and it looks like I'm not defending this damn thing at Wrestle Kingdom at all you know work that into a storyline <laughs> obviously he's going to defend the title but however you want to play it out but that regardless of the storyline the fact that Kenny Omega wins the whole thing it's it's intriguing it's definitely intriguing and again it's it's, it goes against the, the, the grain uh, as far as New Japan is concerned, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. No, it's not, and, and it, that's probably the most interesting aspect of all this is, you're right, they are, they are going, they're going to be going through some, I'm going to call them growing pains, but the, yeah. it's not really a pain, it, at least it hasn't been for me. Right. Because um, none of it's been bad, but they're, they're going to go through a lot of changes. Especially if they want to become this global 
force to be reckoned with and and you know take over well not take over but become a major player in the United States it's really going to be fucking interesting to see how they go about doing that and and what traditions they do end up breaking because let's face it if if you're if you're switching your product around and you know morphing it into something new there's going there's there's going to be rules and, and traditions that have to be broken not to uh, again quote using the word evolve because again we are watching evolve 107 but uh, they they use uh, on one of their shirts that I, that I own from evolve it flat out says evolve or die and that's essentially what's going to happen to New Japan if you're going to go on this venture you have to evolve to what the rest of the world's doing if not stay in Japan and and do what you're doing in Japan and just be a Japanese company which there's nothing wrong with but if you want to broaden your horizons and go on to the rest of the world then I'm not saying do what everybody else is doing but you have to adapt to other styles and make sure that your audience from all over the world is now intrigued and breaking tradition is going to be a necessary evil absolutely but uh, with that being said is Kenny Omega your pick for for Block B Block B Oh man, you, you know, <laughs> <laughs> prediction time. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna say no. Okay. I think. I think logically speaking, I you know we, we could fa- we could fantasy book all we want. Um, I I don't think he's winning it, and and he shouldn't. Um, he he should he, even for that what you said. He shouldn't win it even 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 if they were to go that route where. Kenny Omega wins the whole damn thing and continues on with the whole the Japanese wrestlers aren't as hungry as I am. Even if they don't, they go that route. I'm just asking. I'm not disagreeing with you. No, if if they don't go that route, logically speaking, he's not going to win. And it isn't it isn't necessarily because of under his own merit. I think he doesn't win Block B because he did call out. Their, their Japanese roster. Okay. And he's got six fucking Japanese guys to go through. Yeah. So six out of his nine bouts, he better he better he better come as the fucking best bout machine every fucking single time, not just three times out of the nine. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. So, but even even him being best bout machine, it it's just it's not it's not gonna be enough. I don't think it's gonna be enough. I think they're they're gonna show up. They're gonna show up and prove to Kenny Omega that guess what? You might be our heavyweight champion, but we still got a, a lot left to give. So, um, and on that note, I I will pick. I'm gonna go with Tomatonga. Tomatonga. Okay. Yeah, sweet. I, I, I really do. I love that pick. I really do think he. They're gonna showcase him as a singles talent and. And push him, whether whether or not uh, something else happens in the interim, you know, before Wrestle Kingdom, yeah. that's a whole other that's a whole other show and a whole a whole other 
fantasy booking. But yeah, Tomatonga is my pick for Block B. I don't think he wins the tournament. Okay. But, but that'll be my pick for Block B. So you have Kazuchika Okada versus Tomatonga. Yeah. Awesome. That'd be an awesome match. <laughs> it's about time that Tomatonga gets pushed. And I don't know if if because you know his brothers are part of Bullet Club that, and I hate to sound this way, but if that's what's going to drag his singles career down is the fact that he has those guys. And I mean, and, and, and Tongaloa is, is is a good wrestler in his own right. He's not as good as his brother. Hikaleo is way too young for me to be yeah. projecting anything. <laughs> you know, plus ha- be having the injury is, is setting his career back too. Of course. But uh, yeah, Tamatanga is at that point where I-, I would love to see him with a singles title, whether it's the heavyweight title or you know that you know never open weight or IC title or the US title. Any one of those titles would suffice for me. I, I would love to see him with a singles run. I would love to see more Tamatanga because I don't see him that often. True. But. Um, for me, I went with I, I was torn between two guys. I wanted to go with with Naito and uh, he is the defending G1 champion of course. Um, and I would bring up another if, if I'm correct, an Okada versus Naito match, which I don't think anybody would complain about. No. And I would see really I would if that was the case, I would have Naito winning it all. Because I, 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 don't, I don't necessarily want to see Okada versus Omega again. Or at least not right now. Not right now. Um, and, I, of course, I say that after the phenomenal match that they had at Dominion. But uh, I actually went, and this is maybe the American wrestling fan in me. I actually went with uh, Kota Ibushi. One, Kota Ibushi is has definitely continued to progress in his in-ring work, which has already been great, but it's gotten to that level to where there is no more, like, where do you go from here? Okay. His in-ring work-wise. And now you're, you're, you you have that storyline going on as well. The Golden Lovers are back. The Golden Elite is a thing now. You know, your, your tag team partner is the, the, excuse me, the heavyweight champion. And you have Kazuchika Okada versus Kota Ibushi. You have the former champion versus the tag team partner of the champion. And I got Kota Ibushi winning it all. I, I think, you know, we talked about the the killing each other thing. That's the reason why I have him going as a draw in, in, in the actual block. Because it sets up the the match at... Wrestle Kingdom, you know, Kota Ibushi versus Kenny Omega, this time we get a winner. That That's another reason why I think Omega doesn't win Block B, yeah. is, is that match, that match alone. You know, you've got, like I said, you've got six Japanese wrestlers that he's got to go through after making those comments, Obushi mm-hmm. being one of them. Right. And even if they all don't show up and prove, you've already got Naito for sure telling everybody he's got issues with Omega because of what he said. And then you've got Ibushi, who who agreed with Omega, like, hey, if we do have to do this again, guess what? It's going to be an all-out, knockdown, drag-out fight. There you go. That's two, two very high-profile, very physical fucking matches that Omega has to go through. I really don't think he's winning Block B. So, yeah. So, 
There you got it. That's that's your G1. You know what? I'm going to sound really cheesy here, but you want to know who the real winner of the G1 Climax is? <laughs> Everybody that watches. Again, if you don't have uh, New Japan World, get it through us. 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash NJPW. And get yourself a subscription. It's only 9 bucks a month. And you get all... 19 shows of the G1 Climax. First time ever, ladies and gentlemen. That's how big this is. First time yes. ever. All 19 complete shows in English commentary. There is no language barrier excuses that you can throw at me this time around. All 19 in English. This is the setup to Wrestle Kingdom. Yes, I know. It's, I understand it's July and August, but we set up Wrestle Kingdom in August, you know, when it ends, the winner gets a shot at the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Or do they? Does Kenny <laughs> Omega win it all? So, I mean, we named our predictions. We say he's not, but we don't know. We'll we find know. out. We'll start starting July 14th and in August 12th. And as always, we want to hear your picks on the G1. And hopefully you watch along with us because... I don't know about you, but I, I'm pretty much going to be watching them as, not necessarily as they happen because, you know, the, the time zone and all that stuff. <laughs> I still got to go to work. My wife's making me. <laughs> but but uh, I'll be watching them pretty much just the, the same day. Uh, but don't expect everybody else to do that. Having said that, you know, follow along with us as we go along on this ride. Again, it is starting tomorrow. From the day this podcast is released. So get your stuff ready for it. Make your predictions and let us know. Let us know what you think about ours. Let me hear what your predictions are. What's your favorite matches out of here? I mean, there's tons to talk about. This is really for for the all-around wrestling fan, especially that those who are familiar with this. This is like Christmas in July, pretty much. I mean, yeah, pretty much. High-quality matches like this, and it's... These are just tournament tournament matches. So when you get one, you're gonna get more, 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 and yeah, it's it's a great time of year. It's crazy. Uh, you can hate tweet us at twenty x twenty crew. We're also available on Instagram at twenty x twenty crew, Facebook.com slash groups slash twenty x twenty talk is where you can come and talk to us. About all things wrestling, not just New Japan Pro Wrestling, but everything, including the WWE. Yeah. Um, Facebook.com slash 20x20crew for our official page. And let's not forget YouTube. We are looking for 50 subscribers in order to complete our giveaway. You're going to get free shit from us as long as we get 50 subscribers. That's all we're asking for. And you can also check out our exclusive YouTube show, The Following Contest. Yes. Where we fantasy book really anything we want. I can't wait till we drop that that WWE versus New Japan show. Oh, that's coming soon. Yeah. So that's coming soon. That one everybody should be fucking talking about that one. We I you and I had a lot of fucking fun with that one. I mean we man, we, that was a fucking super show we booked. Yeah. Yeah. It, <laughs> And we did it all without, I mean, we didn't even plan for it. It was just, hey, let's just do it. Let's just do <laughs> let's it, just yeah. Do it. That's what fantasy booking's done right, when it's you don't even have to think about it. 
But you can only hear that on YouTube. That is YouTube exclusive. Can't and get anywhere else. Can't get anywhere else. Hit that subscribe button. Let her, tell your friends. Tell your parents. Tell your neighbor. Tell random strangers. Tell Nana and Pep Pep. I'm sure they they realize what wrestling is and still still might still might know uh, some of their favorite wrestlers. You know, Gorgeous George and, and the like. <laughs> George Hackenschmidt. <Yeah. laughs> Pat O'Connor. There you go. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, catch us on social media. You can always email us at uh, 20x20crew at gmail.com if you need to. Uh, we're always, always interested to hear what you, the wrestling fan, has to say. And, again, thank you for supporting professional wrestling. Hashtag support the baby faces. Hashtag support heels. And uh, I think that's going to do it for this week, yeah? Yeah, I, yeah. I got to get ready for the G1. Yeah, all, all right. So I, I am too. Uh, and on that note, uh, until next time, we will see, see you in, in the, the ring. ring.